0: to the Mavs Fans for Life podcast, I am your host Landon Thomas, I am joined by Ian Kayanja and Kendra Dunson, today we have a episode that's near dear to my heart, The Last of Us, so we're gonna do something fun with The Last of Us, a Mavs version of it, Who Survives? We will also talk, um, speaking of horror, or uh, thrillers, um, we'll talk about blown leads, just what we saw in that Lakers game and what we've seen from a hole this season from the Mavs, even after Kyrie Um, coach post game comments. And then also Justin holiday, he moved into the starting lineup. So we'll get Kendra and um, Ian's thoughts on that as well. So let's start with the blown lead. The, that was bad, man. The Mavs were up by 27 and they lost by three points. I don't really have to get in to the game because we had a game last night against the Pacers. But just going back to that Lakers game, what was y'all's thoughts? Ian, I'll start with you. What was your thought process on how they lost the lead and just overall over the course of the season with the blown leads?
1: It's a familiar story. We've just adjusted the cast of characters, right? I mean – You get rid of Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith for Kyrie Irving, and you still can't close out games. Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's an indictment on Luca and Kyrie. Um, Everyone will say, like, oh, it's on the players to have them figure it out and figure out the encore chemistry. In media, I think we sound like Jason Kidd. No, I, I, I. That's because I think in media we tend to overblow the idea of chemistry. Like, yeah. Oh, do 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 these guys have chemistry? You, you do like you. Yeah, it's a plus if you like who you're working with, but you could still win if if you're talented enough. To me, so it doesn't fall on the shoulders of Luca and Kyrie to quote unquote figure it out. To me, it comes down to the reason. Blown leads happened this season and the reason um, that even with two of the best closers in the league the Mavs still look like a high school basketball team when the game's close in the fourth quarters is because they don't have a coach that actually wants to take charge and it's like kid is scared of coaching in a moment where he can choose whether his team wins or loses but that's what great coaches do they they Are willing to fall on the sword. They're not looking to shift blame. And I immediately, when kid walked into the post game press conference against the Lakers, it, it, it immediately started the blame game of these guys have to grow up. You know, we have to be better. I just, I, you don't hear when I cover the Titans. Mike Vrabel, one of the best coaches in the NFL. Want to know why he's one of the best coaches in the NFL? Everyone chalked it up to coach speak when he said this, but after every Titans loss when they should have won, he'd say he'd say two things. One, he'd start by saying, "I have to coach better, and then we'll play better." Mm. He never said, "Oh, this team has to grow up." Oh, Ryan Tannehill, you know, he just has to, you know, figure it out. He always started whenever the team disappointed. He'd say, "I have to coach better, and we have to play better." Because the team goes as a coach goes, more so in football, but in basketball. I mean, look, look at the great teams in this league. They have coaches that are willing to fall on the sword and take accountability. And so it's easy. What kid does is honestly the easy way out, pointing fingers. At some point, if you have two of the best closers and your offense in crunch time degenerates into your turn, my turn, that isn't on the players. It's on the coaches for not putting them in positions to succeed, because it looks like Luca is just like this was the game plan. Give me the ball and let me shoot it as many times. And that to me says kid isn't taking leadership of any of the decision making, and that is a problem. You're not going to win championships that way. So at some point he has to start taking accountability.
0: Well said. Um, I mean that's how you start a podcast. Dang. Uh, speak the truth. You sip your, you're sipping your water after I'm that just, babe. you, I, you, tired, you, you man. just came out the game like dang kendra about to <laughs> sub, sub you out sub you out all right he's starting
2: off he's starting off hot like luca in the first quarter
0: yeah all right yeah. well kendra i guess you Kyrie uh I guess I'm Kyrie. fourth quarter here we go so what's your thoughts on the blown leads and what ian said um Pretty much with the with kids post game comments saying that you know he's not the savior and and like Ian said ha- this team has to grow up and, and to if they want to win a championship and they have to get better at working the game.
2: Well, okay, the first game of the season against the Suns. Yeah. Do you guys remember what happened? You know they had a double digit lead and they end up losing and. Obviously, it's too soon to panic because it's the first game mm-hmm. of the season. You know, you're like, hey, it's it it happens, whatever. Okay, mm-hmm. game sixty two, sixty one, the same thing happens in a much more dramatic, heartbreaking way. You know, your your personnel is is uh, slightly different, um, but there are some 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 similarities that happen in game one of the regular season that happened now in game 62 of the regular season, which at the stakes are much higher. And it is Ian. I think you're right. It is on kid, but I also think it's, it's on the players as well. Um, Mm. These are professional basketball players, you know, high IQ between Luca and Kyrie um, and also other players on the floor. You know, so I'm not gonna uh, I I think it's a combination, but we can definitely look at the head of the snake. Um, uh, which to me is is Jason Kidd. Um, because he is the one who's directing everything and, and, and things like that. But um it's I texted you guys in the chat like, hey, twenty point twenty point leads for the mavs mean absolutely nothing. Yeah. Just as quick as they can build it in the with the snap of the finger, it's gone, and you're like, "How did this happen?" And I mean, I'd be damned. It 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 happened rather uh, rather uh, quickly. Um, so, is it Lucas' problem? Is it Jason Kidd's problem? Is it rotations' problem? Is it Dwight Powell' uh, problem? Like, what's it? I think it's a, just a combination of, of of a lot of things, and it's it's um, players not executing the 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 plan and also what is the plan that they're trying to execute you know I mean if Um, your
1: plan all season has been uh give Luca the ball on the same side out of bounds play with three seconds left what plan is there to execute but
2: there are other that's true but I mean like to me there are other factors in the game you know that we should also be questioning kid on. It's not just you know after timeout plays or whatever. It's also during the game when the lead you see the lead you you can feel the momentum changing. You know, like what do you do? Yeah. What or, what do you when, do? You got to
1: all of a sudden you 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 stop playing Josh Green who's been hooping. Uh, you, you, all of a sudden he only gets fifteen minutes. You know. Yeah. Like, or
2: or you or you run uh,
1: Dwight Powell. <laughs>
2: Yeah. yeah, Anthony Davis looked at that like, "Thanks, kid."
0: <laughs> <laughs> you see him dapping up in the hallway. Appreciate you, man. I did. I needed that game, kid. Hey, Thanks, man. hey
2: just like Tim Duncan uh, with LeBron James, you know, yeah. after the finals, he was like, "Yo, thank you for that." And you're yeah. he like, hey, hey, "Hey, like it's too easy, man. Like it's like work." You know, Mark Jones literally kept saying that. Um, on the ESPN broadcast he's like oh this is light work for Anthony Davis that to me is like it, it should
0: it was um, pretty bad it, it's it like was, they targeted him too and I, I I added it up I'll give a shout out to Ashana Vaz our um our interim stats guy he he said over the transcript and when you look at it Davis was targeting Powell. Obviously, Powell played 27 minutes, so he's going to get shots against Powell. But he was nine for 13 against Powell. He was one for one against Morris. One for one against Holiday on that alley hoop. um He had a put back dunk, so I won't put that against anybody. One for one against Doncic, that late game turnaround jumper. And zero for two against wood wood got a block against him and zero for one um on a he missed a tip in so to kentra's point there there's multiple things throughout the game because we always we always remember the last play of the game and we always forget what happened before that and they did blow a 27-point lead, which is unexcusable. And just like Kendra said, I mean, we've seen it many times from the first game to one of the most recent games um, before the Pacers game. But it's it comes down to coaching, but it also comes down to players. It, it's But it's mostly coaching, like Ian said, because you, you shouldn't be blowing 27-point leads in – when you're not calling timeouts when the opposing team is quote unquote like Vanderbilt, Kid even said it, he he kicked the Mavs ass. I mean, don't you think you want to call a timeout if 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 someone like Vanderbilt is just going all out against this team defensively and just giving them an energy boost because it gave them a spark. And when you're trying to make a push in the West, thankfully the suns and the clippers lost that same day but when you're trying to make a push and trying to make a stand in the west with how tight it is you would think that's a statement game that's a statement game that you show your coaching ability national tv abc you, we hear all the kyrie and lakers um, um rumors on espn every single morning Stephen a smith all these guys Windhorse that's a statement game. You can't lose that lead and you got to be better as a coach. You can't be playing pal 27 minutes. You can't stop playing green 15 minutes. Uh, I mean, he's playing 15 minutes, but he was playing like, um, 30 minutes before that. And there's multiple areas of the game that you can break down. And I think that does go against kid.
2: And, and I was just at this, like, I feel like Luca was playing two different games. um, he playing that first half for a second and, half. Yeah, and then also just arguing with the refs. Oh there's, yeah. Yeah. You know, they were up big and and he was still complaining to the refs and then to me I'm like, what are you doing? Like you gotta get back on defense. You can't it's you you're leaving your team out to dry back there. You know, like the Lakers aren't gonna stop. You know, they mm-hmm. like to get out in transition you know, like, look at the scout report, like, do what you got to do, but I just felt like he was playing two different games, and, um and that bothered me uh, watching that, because it's, you're the leader of this team, and yeah. I think that's also a part of what Kia was saying, you know, we got to grow up, I mean, Luca is one of the young ones, I mean, he's the best player on the team, but he also is still growing up, you know, because yeah. outside of that, I mean, I, I mean, outside of Josh Green, and and, and Jaden Harden, like, there's a lot of veterans on this team, so that that comment really only f- fitted one person. Be- really, particularly Luca, because Luca is the one who impacts the game the most. So, in its own way, I feel like that was an indirect way of calling Luca out. Um, but it is just like you got to get your head in the game. You got to stay. You can't just, you know, impact the game by putting up points. You can also impact the game by giving up points, and part of that is you know, arguing with the refs and not getting back on defense, engaging with your team, communicating and things like that. You know, it just puts a lot of uh, pressure on on your teammates to cover for you. Um, So I don't think that was a good look for him. Um, I I just – I don't think it was an overall good game, even though he started out hot um, um, in the game. I think he scored like 14 points in the the first quarter. Um, But I just – it's just something to make note of, and I just – you know as a, as a fan you hope that he matures quickly and, and at least that part of his game but it's it's gotten pretty bad. Um,
0: That's a good point, Kendra. Um yeah, what's your what's your thoughts on that cuz they did um ask him in the press room. We were in there and they, they did ask him and he said that that it, it is probably true that he's, you know, he's he's whining about calls um what's your thoughts on how that impacts the game? Cause it, it is a big deal, but do you think he'll ever grow out? I'm um, out of that. Or is that just him? Cause we see LeBron still doing the same thing to this day. And James Harden, those type of players, Chris Paul, is that something that has to change? Or is that something that just has to um, decrease a little bit?
1: I, my thing is you can complain. Yeah. Like if you're going to complain, complain, but, Save your complaints for early in the game, not mm. when it's a critical defensive possession, and then you're not getting back. I, I've never seen complaining change a ref's call, so I never understand why NBA guys do it. I, I want yeah. to sit down with some of these guys and just really ask them, like, what is the point in complaining? It's never changed a call, and it never has changed a call, and no ref is going to call a play all the way back and be like, you know what, you're right, you were fouled. Here's your two free throws. So I, why not just go about your business, man? Like, that's that's a big thing. You can be frustrated at yourself, but take that frustration out on playing good defense if a foul call is missed. Because uh, at the end of the day, like, that, that's that's – will do you more good than sitting there and complaining. And and I don't know what exactly it is and if Luca will ever grow out of it. Uh, he always says he has to be better and then he's good for, like, the last month of the season and then by next November he's doing the same thing. And yeah. so it's like, I think this is just who he is. Uh, but it, it, it makes his game ugly to watch. I, I mean, like just at some point you have to get back. Like nothing is ever going to change the call. So just stop making your own self mad by complaining and hoping your complaints will change anything. Like it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. You get mad because they missed the call and then you get mad because you feel like you're not being listened to. And so, okay, what what of those two things can you control? You can't control the fact that they missed a call so you can control your reaction to it. Yeah, and that will be you'd be better suited for long-term success that way but you know i guess nba guys don't see it that way they believe that if they scream enough the ref will be like you know what you're right go get two free throws no it'll it'll never happen
0: you know there's two folds to that and and while i agree with both of y'all um i i think there's a compromise i think Instead of in-game action, I think you can wait for timeouts or TV timeouts. You can spend, you know, um, all you want talking to the ref about calls that they may have missed or they got right and you thought they missed them. Um, But I ain't going to lie. When I was hooping, I was doing the same thing. Like, I I can't hate on them. And when I'm out there and I, you know, I get hit, you know, and nothing gets called and this is local rec league i ain't you know i ain't gonna act like this was this was college or or, or a minor league or something but you know uh before I, i tore my achilles i was doing the same thing and i can't hate on on the brother when i when i'm doing the same thing but i understand it does need to get better it could when it impacts the game that's when it's an issue and i think it is an issue but i don't think it's a major issue i think it's a minor issue that he needs to get under control and just find the co- compromise you can't he can't change who he is um by not talking that's just who he is we've seen it for five years i'm sure he did it um overseas before he came to the maps but he has to find the moments when to do it so i agree with that he, in in the second half just let it go first half you know find that relationship where you can complain about some calls or tv timeouts timeouts whatever but second half when the game's on the line that's when it has to go you either let the coaches do it for you but you can't take yourself out of the game um, and you might do that too when you if you get texts or you might give the other team points so that's when it's crucial to the team um but let's talk about justin holiday um and it's a holiday for him because he wasn't playing with the hawks and he comes over here and he's been in the starting lineup the past couple of games. Just getting that opportunity. And uh, Kendra, I'll start with you. What's your thoughts on that move, um, moving, inserting Holiday into the starting lineup?
2: Um, it's, I don't mind it. I, I don't love it. Um, It's it's okay. You know, I know they're trying mm-hmm. to um, gain something that they lost in Finney Smith. Um, which is, you know, perimeter defense and three-point shooting. Um, I do think that he's a better shooter than, than Finney Smith. Um, But uh, the Lakers game didn't really have much of an impact uh, in, in that sense. Um, So I think it's just maybe getting adjusted to playing with the starters and and things like that or whatever, but um, it's, I would like to just to see again, I'm, I'm more one of those. I don't overreact to one game um, mm-hmm. or two game sample. Um, if this is going to be um, something that kid does, um, you know, um, defense, um, you know, in a starting lineup to support Luca and, and Kyrie, uh, then I, I can't be mad at it. Uh, but I, I did like Josh green in the starting lineup. I, I, I like that I thought they were pretty effective that way. Um I would like to see them go back to that at some point, but if it's, you know, veteran, you know, leadership and and defense and three-pointing is what they're looking for, then he fits that. Um he's not an absolute game changer, but in some ways he he checks off the um the the boxes that Fame Smith um provided for them uh, for the last couple of seasons.
0: Yeah, those are good points. Um and you mentioned that the experience. Um he has a lot of experience. He even won a championship with the Warriors, but just being able to fit in different roles on the team and the adaptability. Ian, what's your thoughts on the move that um kid did with holiday
1: in the starting lineup? I mean, it's fine. You know, it's it's one of those things. It's fine. Uh I think more so it speaks to um dallas's lack of depth and everyone can miss me with the oh dallas is a sneaky deep team and whatnot and in my mind dallas lacks depth because they have a whole bunch of guys that do the same thing Mm. and you know between reggie holiday hardaway i mean they, they just have this factory of guys that you know give effort on the defensive end and then on offense all they're good for is standing around um and waiting for a, the catch uh and, and so it it's just i think with holiday that's just more a bit of redundancy and honestly i preferred the pop that the offense had and the pace the offense played with when josh green was in the lineup um I, I, I don't know. I, I like him as a as a starter. I like how his game feeds off of Kyrie and Luca, And I think that his he offers a different dimension, whereas a Holiday and a Bullock are kind of just sit in the corner and, and watch everyone else work.
2: Yeah.
0: Isn't that what you want? Oh, sorry. You, go ahead. No,
2: no, no. I just, he was making a good point. I just thought of, like, Josh... Josh Green, the athleticism and the energy that he provides, like, that's something that no other, you know, person on the Mavericks um, brings on a consistent basis and that it, that doesn't hurt to have, you know, in your starting lineup. Well,
0: and, and I'm going p- play devil's advocate here. Uh, w- what about the flip side to this? Isn't this more that he doesn't think hardy's ready for this moment and he doesn't want to go to frank as the first guard off the bench and and have a solid third ball handler so because when he comes in he's going to the guard spot next to um luca he, he subs in for Kyrie. so when you have all three of those guys you really ian like you said um you know you really don't have much on the bench that you can play with and and as a backcourt option
1: in my mind you know frankly in my mind it doesn't matter because again dallas's lack of depth i think when push comes to shove in the playoffs kids going to be playing seven guys max
0: okay and
1: i don't think frank is going to be one of those guys regardless you know and and so i i just i'm always a big believer in put the five out there that give you the most pop versus like that weird thing where guys are like, Oh, schematically or what, what, whatever I'm always for. What's the group that gets buckets and just put them out there and let them play. Um, because that's what you're going to do in the playoffs, right? You're yeah. going to have your five that you're going to, you know, close the majority, the last seven minutes of a game with, and maybe one other guy, um and so to in my mind it doesn't make a difference just 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 keep just play the best players, yeah, just play the best five
0: well that's the problem because if okay so if he's gonna if he's gonna have Christian Wood and Josh Green off the bench, that's fine, but they're not ending the games so that's that's where it's it's more puzzling to me not starting but rather than not closing. Because I would rather see them close than start. And that's partly why you see some of these errors, because it solely depends on what is Kyrie and Luka going to do, and the other guys are just standing in the corners, like you said. So, Kendra, what's your thoughts on green um in his role moving forward in a more condensed role um as an energy guy off the bench for this team
2: I think he's gonna I think he's gonna excel I think um the positions um that he's been in all season I think he's done really well as the season progresses no. so I don't I that doesn't lessen my expectation um you know him Playing against another team's second unit, you know that's where oh, he yeah. should flourish. You know, um, in Lucas' absence, like
0: against Austin Reeves, <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly. And um, you know, in in Lucas' absence, uh, you know, when they uh, when Kyrie first was traded in those first couple of games, you know, it was it was Green bringing a rock up. You know, yeah. it was him setting a play up and and things like that. You know, and I know it's not like crazy handles. Like, yeah, anybody can bring the ball up the floor and, and hand it off. But you know, again, it just gives you—it's—it's it's better than nothing. And I feel like Josh Green um, has shown that he can—he can excel in um, in any role that's been given to him. And you know, against you know, coming off the bench, they're gonna need it because um, when Luca uh, goes on the bench. Uh, Kyrie goes on a bench whatever they're they're gonna need that pop and to me that's what he is he's a he he brings that energy the athleticism um defense um intensity and he can knock down a three so
0: all right so now we're gonna get into our, our last topic of this episode and I thought it would be fun um so we all been watching the last of us and I've say all by Ian and Kendra so um and I and I love it uh, it's it's about it's a series about a pandemic caused by mass infection by fungus and it pretty much transformed them after they get bitten into a zombie like creature and it's pretty much like the title They're they're trying to be the last of us. They're trying to survive. And I just thought to myself, out of all the players on the roster, who would be that person to survive? And I want to start with Ian because I want to get Kendra's reaction to who he chooses. And then we'll go with Kendra. And then I'll give my, my choice for the lone survivor from this Mavs team. So Ian... If you're watching HBO and you're watching The Last of Us with this roster, mm-hmm. fifteen, seventeen deep, and one is at the end of the series as the lone survivor, or if there is any, who would that be?
1: I love this question, and I thought long and hard about my answer,
0: okay. and
1: it, I I was you know, painfully mulling over it in the shower, you know, just thinking, thinking, thinking. Okay. And I've come to the conclusion, the player that I think would be one of the people that survive, and they wouldn't just survive, but the player that I think would be the person to dominate in the apocalypse would be Kyrie. Because think about it. Oh. Think about it. The guy, he's already kind of out there dabbling in conspiracy theories. So I think that he'd, he'd be early to this train of like what's going on with this fungus around the world while the rest of us are like, ah, nah, that's nothing. I feel like Kyrie would be the first on there and then we'd see him stop showing up to work. Like he'd be the first one. And I feel that he would invest in a bunker. Wow, okay. And so I think he's already invested in a bunker to hide away in that has like a year or two's worth of supplies. And so I think he'd take him and his family and all of his people and they'd be in that bunker when all of this broke out. And we'd all be like, "Where's, where's Kyrie? Why isn't he showing up to work? And then you'd see on ESPN Stephen A. yelling. But meanwhile, he's three steps ahead of the game. And then when the fungus starts taking us all over, I think that's when Kyrie would emerge and become like one of the leaders of the Fireflies, since he's a guy that likes to fight the man and fight the establishment. I think Kyrie would be trying to lead a revolution to overthrow the military dictatorship in the big cities. And so that's why I think he'd be the last one to survive.
0: Dang, you thought that you you went the extra layer with the fireflies. You really thought this through. I like it. Did my homework. So, Kendra, <laughs> first I want to get your reaction to that, and then who is your choice for the lone survivor of the Last of Us Mavs version?
2: Kyrie is. is I mean, that's a that's a really good um, pick. You know, he's he's come off anti-establishment. Um, so that, that, that works well. Uh, so good job. And my choice would be someone who, um, it's all about, yes, it's about survival, but it's like, okay, you have to utilize your best assets. And it's like, one of them is being able to negotiate. One of them is being able to be a friendly face and being able to like, um, being able to talk to different people. And mm. and that is a valuable, invaluable um, um, skill, especially, you know, during the apocalypse. Um, and my person. All right. At first, I was going to go Josh Green, but my person will be Theo Pinson.
0: <laughs> oh. Um, oh. What? Yes. Okay. Pinson would yes. be doing a podcast during the, the apocalypse. Okay.
2: Yes because you cannot you cannot all right you cannot um um undercut the value of being able to negotiate all right the people who who know how to negotiate people who know how to talk to you know these strong heads people to the kyries of the world like you have to be able to get to to get on their level in in and, and, and be like yeah yeah bro I totally see that and all of that I, I whatever and be able That's to true. You know how to get supplies. You know that's a that's a source for you and your and your people. So I think Theo Pinson, You know, just on the on the value of being able to talk and negotiate and be a people person. I think he would. I think he would thrive.
0: Dang, See, Ian, I, go I, I ahead. About, what you,
1: what's your thoughts I on think, that? I don't. I feel like Theo would get got, bro. Like he would. <laughs> <laughs> you, you said first think episode. About it. Yes, because he'd probably try to dap someone up and then gets big. So you know saying he head,
2: So you think he's not smart enough to to outlast at least a one episode past no, one episode? No, no
1: chance. Not that he's not smart enough. Oh I just think like, he's too nice. He's too trusting. You say he would be dapping up the zombie? Yes, he'd probably try to dap up a clicker.
2: But you know, but you know, here's the thing with with uh, with Kyrie in those situations.
0: Here we go. Here we go.
2: It's not always. I mean, Kyrie is primed to be taken down at some point, you know. So I don't think he will survive. I think he might be one of the originals. Like, oh my gosh, you know, he'll be, you know, um, his name written on the wall somewhere. But at some point, he'll be <laughs> defeated. I don't think he'll just he'll be able to outlast Kyrie. Him Kyrie's
1: gonna him. be like Bill. You gotta think Kyrie would have the whole setup, bro like the no the gate because Kyrie
2: and- no, because you gotta be able to communicate, you gotta be able to inspire, mm. and Kyrie doesn't always come across that way to me. he may have his group of people that he can um lead and stuff, but he doesn't really i mean I mean like again, I'm gonna go with Penson because again he can he can talk to different kinds of people, all right he can adapt. And, um, mm. I don't see, I don't see how he, you, you just clowning on Pinson, <laughs> but no, I, see I see the value. I see the value in Pinson.
1: We're going to do a poll. Oh, we're going to do a Ky- poll too. Ky- Kyrie has played with numerous star players. Does that not show adaptability and leadership? Oh,
2: he got a point. No, bro. because he also bails on them.
1: Oh, she got a point there. But you also got to think that while they're together, though, there's so much that is possible. And I love this. It's because, and Kyrie always bails because you got to think the circumstances around the situation are kind of toxic because people try to, you know, put words in his mouth. But, but. Kyrie managed to exist in relative peace when he was with LeBron. So it's about finding the right help for Kyrie.
2: Okay, and he's still trying to find that. I don't know if we're talking about Apocalypse now or we still talking about his basketball career. But no, like I'm, I just saying, think... I'm
1: saying in the Apocalypse, <laughs> you, give Ky- you give Kyrie the ability. Because think about it, He already calls all his fans his tribe. Like Kyrie is a personable dude. We forget that Kyrie's Nike shoes were like the best-selling shoe at Nike for like contemporary players. So I think Kyrie is very personable. It's just the the his perception, the media perception of him isn't. I think on a one-to-one level Kyrie is one of the most personable guys in the league. That's why, regardless of like him leaving all these stars, LeBron still loves Kyrie. KD still loves Kyrie. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown always sing Kyrie's praises. Because okay. he's... I, He's a personable dude. And so imagine. And like, so
2: is Pinson. Like the same things that you're yeah, crediting the, Kyrie, you can also credit Pinson for. I mean, Pinson has his own handshake with, <laughs> with Kyrie. But he Pinson, has a,
1: doesn't, Pinson doesn't have the the leadership acumen. But, he, I, but was, how
2: do we know he hasn't been given an opportunity to do that? He can be, he, who knows? He could be in different settings. We can't always, you know. How does the basketball skills transfer to a pocket whips? Like in those situations, it's completely different. You know, like that you're, is you're, true. Your your right. star and your 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 um your celebrity, like all of that doesn't matter in those times. Different people, different sides of people comes out during those times. And who knows? Pinson might be the guy to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear what you're saying, but also consider this look at this and do that and people can be like yeah you know what actually he brings up a good point let me get behind that you know so i'm just i just say you don't we don't know the type of leader pinson could be in those situations because i mean if we're only looking at it from the scope of basketball then yeah his i guess his value would be low but um he's a personable guy you know yeah. he he has a handshake with with Kyrie you I have know to i'm lead. sure and he got a lot of people
0: come a lot of players coming on the podcast
2: right so i'm just like that cool
0: cool with him
2: you know like he has influence he has reach so just imagine so just imagine if he can if he can do that with you know these um basketball players just imagine what he can do with you know just the average joes or whatever you just you just never know so Kyrie's not the only personable guy well i'm gonna tell y'all
0: I'm gonna tell you my my choice, and mm. it's not Kyrie or Pinson. Um It's Josh Green. Josh Green is the lone survivor. What? I'm gonna, tell you, I'm gonna tell you why uh, he was
2: my he was he was gonna be my pick, but I just
0: thank you, Kendra. See, we we, we think alike. Uh, I, I'm gonna give you my reasons, Ian. Uh, he, he's adaptable
1: mm-hmm.
0: when there's injuries around him. He can step up and lead. We've seen that with the Mavericks. Injuries, who's starting? Josh Green. Trades, who's starting? Josh Green. And he can excel in being a follower as well. He's played great off the bench, and he's played good um, as a leader. He's a good shooter. You like that (laughs) pun? (laughs) He shoots 42% from the three he shoots 54 percent from the floor so he's a good shooter you always need one of those good shooters and in this crisis or pandemic he defends his territory he's a good defender he's athletic you need someone who's athletic you don't know what obstacles might come around you can't get um you know a guy like Boban or you can't get okay this roster you can't get a guy like You know, JaVel McGee, you gotta have someone who's who's, you know, who's very athletic and precise where he can fit in a hole or he can, you know, walk on a wire. You know, you you don't know what's gonna happen. And he has a little edge to him. Did you see what he did to Austin Reeves? You know what I'm saying? He has a he even did it to KD. He doesn't care who it is. He will he will defend himself and have a little edge and he'll talk a little trash when he needs to that's why josh green is the lone survivor for me on the mm. last of us maps version what do y'all think about that and then we'll we'll kind of talk Surprise about it surprised you didn't pick dwight powell oh he's gone I'm very the first, surprised first on episode. that he's gone the first episode <laughs> by, by by a headbutt. <laughs> <laughs> that boy needs to wear a helmet during these games man like Seriously, that, he, played,
2: he, played a, he played the wrong game, man. He, he played, played the, the wrong game.
0: He would, be, he would actually be a better actor on The Last of Us <laughs> than actually surviving. A stunt double. Yeah, he would be stunt a
1: stunt double. He would actually be good at that. Um, <gasps> but yeah, it's... No. Your points you bring up about Josh Green. See, I just think... Say it. You can say it. I don't. I. I don't. He just doesn't have enough life experience for me, man. Like, I feel. I feel that Kyrie what? would have that Joel esque wisdom to bestow on his tribe. Josh Green, on the other hand, I think that he he's still young and exuberant and would believe that he could go at it alone. And so that's why I'm like. I feel like. Green would be the type to believe he could go on a patrol by himself, and then he'd get got.
0: No, man, he's like Ellie. I mean, have you seen her? She was balling, and she's young. She doesn't have the life experience. Why can't Josh Green do that? You saying he has to have a Kyrie with him?
1: Yeah, he need he needs a he needs a pro to what's it the 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 leader the master sensei or something.
0: Mm-hmm. So is that Joel or Ellie? I mean, they need each other mm. I, I like how know, I like how we don't talk about pizza <laughs> 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 I'm sorry, kid I'm sorry no
2: no i just i just i just decided here's the thing. I feel like I was like Josh was, green you made
0: good like, points though,
2: yeah, Josh green was the to me his name came up automatic like, oh yeah, it's Josh green. Uh, for you know some of the reasons that you mentioned and to me he was my safe pick but I'm like you can't be safe in the apocalypse you gotta you gotta risk it and I feel like Pinson could he's, he's by far the most out there pick that I can think of on the team you and he know, risked guy. it I
0: mean he got fined by the NBA for, uh, for uh, during the playoffs yeah. and he was on a two way
2: right and he inspired the whole bench but that's
0: hey, true. you know, hey, what what does he know, right, Ian? You know, but. <laughs> oh, OK, here we know? go. Hold on. Let me let me ask y'all a question. All right. This will be the last the final words. <laughs> OK, so we'll start with um, Ian. With your pick. So since that's the last survivor for your pick, Kyrie, where and let's just say there's a five season um, series. Mm-hmm. Which season do you see Theo Pinson and Josh Green being out of the series?
1: So Theo Pinson's going to be like one of those footnote get-got moments that he gets like a quick cameo. you rude. A and quick cameo?
2: You're so rude. <laughs> you're you, so only
0: rude. Get a, you don't even get a full season? A reoccurring? Get a it? footnote. Not, Oh, yeah. Frizzo. He's like
1: a he's a footnote character. Like he you know those extras in the background when they're running around oh, scared? Extra? Dang. Alright, now he's now for, he's just
0: doing that because it's Kendra. As he's for,
1: just trolling. As for Josh Green, the in my brain, this is how it would go down is Kyrie and Josh Green are really close for like three seasons. And then um the Kyrie's camp gets into a war with a neighboring camp. And then in this big climactic battle at the end of like season three or something, Josh green gets, gets shot. And it's like this real heartbreaking moment and it changes Kyrie's character. And it makes him jaded to this idea of like, what's the meaning of life when you lose your protege, the person that was going to take the mantle. And so I, I think it'd be a real like heartfelt, emotional, emotional way to get out. And I don't think he'd get got by a a, a zombie. I think he'd get got in like a, a war between the neighboring factions.
0: Dang man, did you see the difference between the the pincet, uh in green? Uh, just dang. different
2: energy, just a different vibe that he was given. I don't like
0: that. <laughs> oh man, okay, just, so Kendra, just mad
2: disrespectful.
0: On the flip side, a five-season series, with your pick, Theo Pinson, being the last survivor, where do you see Josh Green and uh, Kyrie leaving the series?
2: I see Kyrie being, uh, you know, being posed as this um, good leader. But then later on, you you find out, like, okay, he's not as good of a guy as we think he is. He got some Ooh. leaks Ooh. on the ship. You know, it's 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 um it's it's drowning a little bit and um you know looking out for himself a little bit too much. And it's like, okay, I thought he was distributing all the resources, the weapons and the foods <laughs> and all of this, but he's kinda harboring something for himself. Like that's not okay. And Josh Green I love this. is taking note of it. And so then, you know, you just it just builds right it just builds and you go in it's that's that's the end of season 1 season 2 Josh Green is like you know what okay Kyrie you kind of get a little temperamental that Ooh. goes against some of your your leadership wisdom advice that you you know that uh, Ian has affectionately given Kyrie <laughs> um but it goes against him he doesn't actually live up to the things that he said he's going to do. He's going to actually uh, ruin his camp because he's, he's so here. He can't see outside of, um, he can't see beyond himself. And so mm. Josh green is going to have to do something that he doesn't want to do. And it's going to come down between Josh green and Carrie Irving at the end of season two. And Josh green is going to, um, um, you know what? He's not going to die. He's going to... The people are going to vote him out. And they're like, you know what? Hey, go ahead and get out. You, you, you're you not actually that great of a leader. Um, You're all talk. You're keeping everything for yourself. And we don't like that. And Josh Green becomes that leader. And he tries his best. Uh, but he meets Theo at the end. And uh, Dark Skin homie uh, wins. And uh <laughs> And that's really oh, at the, end
0: of, at the, the me, end of the day, you have me roll, you have me all invested into the story, and then you at the end, you are gonna say the dark skinned brother won because his complexion. Oh, hey, and,
2: and that's not what uh, movies do already. Oh, okay. Hey, hey, I'm no better than Hollywood. I'm no okay. better than Hollywood.
0: Okay, but, but no, me.
2: Kyrie will be uh, Kyrie within himself. Because he thinks he's too much of these good things that he lose sight of the realities of what's in front of him, which are his people and leading his people.
1: So you're saying, what you're saying is that Kyrie's going to be like that one woman that was so dead set on avenging her brother that she oh, yeah, led yeah. her people to their death with the one underground zombie yeah, that came the house. out and murked everybody? Yeah.
2: Right. Actually, can I switch it up real quick? Josh Green, he's going to be like, you know what? I see what you're doing. He tried to inform people to let them know what kind of leader Kyrie is. But because the people are so caught up in and enamored with um, um Kyrie's charming ability, whatever, or whatever, whatever, they don't believe him, even though some of the signs may be there. But mm-hmm. in the end, they're going to um, go down with him and Josh Green is going to be the only one standing. Boom.
0: You just said Josh Green's going to be the only one standing. Well,
2: at I, 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 season two and then he meets mm-hmm. Theo. And
0: oh, then, uh, okay. Uh-huh. All right. And then uh-huh. he's
2: going gonna... <laughs> and, he gonna... oh, and then Theo's going to be... <laughs> yeah.
0: Theo's going to win. kendra been talking about our characters so long. And then she just gives mm-hmm. a Theo a cameo because he a dark skin brother to win the whole game. He's
2: I just a- want to no. see...
0: You, you're playing it to Ian's a uh, whole, whole um,
1: uh, his, his script for this whole series. But no, let me because
2: t- that's season two, but then you know, See, three, you have yeah, three seasons. Everyone
1: is like, you know, that one dude. <laughs>
2: hey, stop disrespecting Darcy.
1: Oh, oh. All right, we ain't gonna get into that, but
0: uh, all right, let me get, let me give y'all mine. So, final words here. I, I think, like I said, Josh Green's gonna be the, the last survivor, he's gonna be the lone man standing at the end of season five. Um, to end the series when 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 the when the screen blacks out it's going to be him standing there um and when i get to theo pinson i mean kendra i'm gonna be honest with you i'm kind of on the side with ian like i, I i'm not going to say as small of a, a part or small of a smaller role that he said but i think he'll be one of the originals you know like all the series that we see walking dead um, you know um, all these series we don't remember season one people like we don't remember them and I think that's I think that's Theo Pence and he's going to be gone in season one but I think Kyrie and Josh Green the way Ian was making it I think Kyrie is a Joel and I, I think uh Josh Green is a Ellie and I'm trying to figure out you, you, when you're watching the show you're trying to figure out which one is going to last and you're trying to figure out is it going to be both of them? Is it going to be none of them? Is is there going to be a Theo Pinson coming in season three and just <laughs> and finish the series? But I think it's going to be Josh Green and Kyrie. And I think Kyrie on the flip side of Ian's point is going to be the big um, scene where he leaves, um, not in the middle, but at the end, um, at the beginning of season five. And Josh Green has to find his way to grow up, to learn how to win a championship or learn how to grow into a leader on his own and be the last one standing.
2: Whatever makes the better story. I just want to get. I just yeah, want to she get don't, like I said, don't like
0: I her stories.
2: Kendra don't like her
0: stories.
2: I said, whatever makes the better story. Hey, hey, I I, I, I was just trying to give, you know, number 13, you know, on the on the on the roster some love, you know, put him number one. You know, oh, I like I'm, it actually. That's all I try trying to do. It Even was
1: entertaining. Though, don't don't
2: all start right. trolling. You me. know,
1: why didn't we mention how come Luca didn't come up as a survivor in because your guys he, brain?
2: You know, he would have been trying to complain. <laughs> <laughs> he would have tried to complain. They just Clint, would've
0: complained to the security guards of the uh <laughs> the location he's at?
2: yeah that would have
0: him real honestly bad. i think he would be a main character until i think he's the one with he's he's one of the main guys at the beginning and he's just it's something he's just goo. he's like the he's like the the laughing guy you know he's the he, there's always a comedian of the group and he's always mm-hmm. making people laugh and then i think he, he'll be gone around season three he'll be one Where, of the big ones when gone. When,
1: when does jason kid bite the dust Ooh. See, I in my in my head, Jason Kidd is the leader. Where he's like the OG in charge. There's always an right? OG, yeah. And and he's loved by the the his core group of like four or five people, but yeah. then. One influence that starts asking questions of why do we have to take all our food to his house first? Why does he get to, and so he plants the seeds of revolt amongst Kid's people, and then it leads to a moment where Kid is leading a patrol around his camp and the guys that he's with. Lead him into a swarm of the infected, and they disappear. Ooh. Dang,
0: that sounds in- en-
1: entertaining and, as well. And then that's how that's how Kyrie Irving Will rises Kyrie, to power.
2: Well, Kyrie's last words to a kid: be, "I am not your savior."
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh.
0: we're we're gonna end it on that one. That was perfect all right great story we're gonna put a poll up um we will put a poll up um in the evening and we will get y'all's thoughts it will either be Kyrie Irving Theo Pinson Josh Green or other and I'm actually more interested to see what those poll results will be and then Mm -hmm. we will talk about it next week all right Everyone, thanks for joining in. Um, Kendra, I, I asked Ian and Sean DeVos this um, last time, and you as well, but let everyone know what your Twitter handle is.
2: Hold on, you don't have to <laughs> edit this. Um,
0: if you have to look it up every single time. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness.
2: <clears throat> All right. Okay. At Kendra underscore Dunson, D U N S O N. There
0: it is. Ian, what is your Twitter handle?
1: At I A N I A N K A Y. Y Y'all know where to find me for all my bad opinions.
0: Like Kyrie Irving, because Josh Green will be the lone survivor. Goodbye, everyone.